You're listening to the Martial Arts Business Podcast with your host, Small Dojo Big Profits author, Mike Massey. Remember to go to martialartsbusinessdaily.com slash podcasts for show notes, transcripts, links to martial arts business resources, and more. Now here's your host, Mike Massey. Hey folks, Mike Massey here coming at you from sunny Austin, Texas with another edition of the Martial Arts Business Podcast. And uh, for the last couple of weeks, I have been uh, working on getting uh, my Krav Maga classes started here in our new city and uh, staying pretty busy with that, actually. I hadn't actually uh, intended to start teaching quite so soon, but uh, there was an opportunity that was created by a rash of crime that has happened in this town that apparently is... uh, is uh, quite unusual for this area. So uh, people were concerned, and and I decided to go ahead and start putting out some feelers to see if anybody would be interested in taking Krav Maga classes and, and got a really good response. So I decided to go ahead and move forward and started looking for a space and networking and so forth. And things are working out well, but it's keeping me busy. Um, still not sure if I'm going to start a school or not. I just don't know if I want to do that. Don't know if I'll have the time with all the different uh, all the different things I have going on. I always have it seems like a dozen irons in the fire and not enough time to uh, to uh, keep it stoked. So anyway, I'll keep you guys posted on that. But things are going well. Marketing is going well, and uh, basically following the systems that I teach my clients is what's working for me. So. If any of you are interested in how I do those things and and uh, how I'm marketing myself and getting my name out there and so forth, I suggest that you join up at mabizu.com and get active in the private MABizU members Facebook group on Facebook, obviously. Uh, when you join mabizu.com, you're going to go to mabizu.com, click on the join link, and uh, get started. And then once you log in for the first time in the members area in your dashboard, you're going to look on the right-hand side of the page, and you're going to see a button, a flashing button, and that's going to connect you to the Facebook group. So you have to be a member of the website, an active member, and uh, you have to click that button in order to get added to the Facebook group. But once you're added, uh, it'll be, uh, you know, you'll have access to it, I should say. It should show up on the left-hand side of your screen when you log into Facebook, it should show up under the groups that you're a member of. You'll want to look for the mabizu.com group. And uh, I suggest you get on that uh, in the group and start uh, you know, by introducing yourself and become active in that group because there's a lot of good information that gets shared there. I share a lot of what I do in my own business and what I'm doing right now with the members to let them know what I do to uh, to market my own program. So it's stuff that's worked for me for well over 20 years and uh, also some new stuff that... Uh, that I've started adapting and modifying because of the digital marketing craze. Now, uh, I do want to talk about that real quick before we get into our main uh, topic for this week's podcast. So, so let me talk about that a little bit. This is uh, part of a message that I put out to my MIBZU.com Facebook members this week. And uh, basically what I did was uh, I, I listed all the different things that you should be doing right now to market your martial arts school. And it's quite a list. It's over a dozen different things. And that's uh, one of the posts that's the most recent post there in the MABizu.com uh, Facebook group on Facebook. 
and uh, went through the list and then explained, you know, you know, doing those things, why do them, why it's so much cheaper now to market in the age of digital marketing than it was, say, 10, 15 years ago. And, and uh, why I think that now is the best time ever for somebody to open a martial arts school and be marketing their martial arts program, something because there's so much opportunity out there and it is so much cheaper now. It's so much less expensive to market than it was in the past. And one of the things that I mentioned was, in the past, I would have to pay 400 to $800 for a single display ad. That's one display ad that would go out one time in one publication. So say I was going to run an ad in the Sunday paper, a single display ad that was going to go out in the local Sunday paper. I'd have to pay between 400 and $800 for that display ad. It would go out once, and I had no guarantee of who was going to see that ad, how many times they're going to see it. I had no way of really tracking, not very well at least, uh, what my response would be on that ad. It was really just kind of, uh, you know, like throwing darts <laughs> blindfolded, uh, that type of marketing. And yet that's what I had to do. You know, my marketing budget back then was somewhere between $1,500 and $2,000 a month. And I spent that money gladly because I, I got results. You know, I knew that if I spent that money every month, I'd get 20 to 30 leads a month. I knew I'd close half of them. And I know my school would continue to grow. Uh, today, I could take that same money, that same $800, and I can do a lot with it. I mean, I could do tons of marketing with that and then also do marketing online that allows me to know exactly um, you know, how much return on investment I'm getting from those marketing dollars. And that is, I mean, it's so much better now for school owners than it was back in the day. So if you want to find out more about that and read that article, uh, join mabizu.com. Either look for the article, it'll either be uh, one of the most recent posts in the Facebook group, or if when you log in mabizu.com, uh, if you click on marketing articles in that section, and when you log in, you're going to see a bunch of videos there and a bunch of courses and so forth. And those are the courses that I recommend everybody goes through when they join mabizu.com, starting with the 100 level courses and then moving on through the 200 level courses. But um, if you look under uh, content in articles, or it might be articles or it might be blog posts, I forget, and look under marketing, it will be an article um, that is probably the most recent on the list. So at any rate, um, that's it for that. So what else do I have for you this week? Well, the message of the week, our main message this week for the podcast is talking about fantasy versus reality in running a martial arts school, and it ties directly into what, what I was just talking to you about. Now, now, I've coached a lot of people through the process of starting martial arts schools, and some have made it long-term and some haven't. But the really interesting thing is that I give the same advice to everyone, and much of that advice that I give involves doing what I call the boring stuff, and that's the stuff that uh, me, myself, being an 80-20 guy, you know, a Pareto principle guy, I believe that uh, 80% or more martial arts school owners won't, don't, or simply can't do. And I'll talk more on that in a minute. Now, it's also the stuff that represents the 20% of activities that generate 80% of your profits. In other words, it is the stuff that keeps you in business. So, what is the boring stuff? Well, the boring stuff encompasses a wide array of activities that are related to running your martial arts school. Most of it has nothing to do with teaching martial arts, and for the most part, it's the stuff that owners of financially prosperous and stable schools typically don't give a second thought to doing. They just do it automatically. And these are things like tracking your statistics, tracking your stats, evaluating your stats, doing bookkeeping, budgeting for your school, planning your marketing, and then executing on your marketing plan, 
building a house lead list, an in-house list of leads that you market to on a regular basis, setting up automated lead follow-up systems, doing personalized lead follow-up, putting retention systems in place, and so on. Now, None of this stuff really involves learning any mystical business secrets, and all of it revolves around activities that any savvy business owner is going to do on a regular basis. But unfortunately, this stuff really it just isn't sexy. It's not as cool or as fun to do as bringing in the big-name guy for the seminar or going to compete at some championship event or traveling to the latest industry convention in Las Vegas or Orlando or some other place. And, you know, I know what you're thinking. I mean, when I say these things, you're probably thinking to yourself, you know, like, gosh, track my numbers, you know, you know, boring. But honestly, if you talk to any successful school owner, what they'll tell you is that this is the stuff that they do every single day. So then my question to you is, why is it that so many school owners have such a hard time grasping that it's the boring stuff that makes them money? Now, Here's the thing, the dream versus the reality, there's a big difference. I think a lot of it has to do with the difference between the dream of running a martial arts school versus the reality. Now, most of us who once dreamed of starting and running a martial arts school, we had visions of doing nothing more than training all day and teaching all night. And in our dreams, you know, we just saw money pouring down like rain and kind of like in a bad R. Kelly video. And, you know, because we thought... You know, people would just come flocking to the dojo after we opened the doors. And that's because everyone would just know we had the best thing going in martial arts instruction. And in our dreams, at least, we'd never have to do something distasteful like marketing or selling. But then reality struck because once we opened our doors, reality hit us in the face just like a flying knee at Lumpany Stadium. Suddenly, we became faced with the realities of starting and running a martial arts school, and that's when we found out it's not much like the dreams we had before we opened our doors. Now, nobody told us we'd have to spend much of our day doing administrative work, like answering the phones and following up on phone and internet inquiries. Nobody told us that we'd have to beat the bushes for students or spend hours each week planning and executing our marketing, or that we'd have to remind our students that we greatly appreciate your referrals. No one told us we'd be cleaning toilets or mopping floors or putting up equipment at 10 o'clock every night after class. No one told us that we'd barely have time to squeeze in a workout after we finish up all that administrative work, all the cleaning and marketing every day, and typically right before the first student showed up. And not once did anyone ever mention that someone would walk in to inquire about classes right in the middle of that workout. And, you know, who knew you'd actually have to keep track of your expenses when you run a business, huh? Or stick to a budget or handle payroll, deal with the state workforce commission, pay sales tax, or any number of extra tasks and expenses that the government adds on top of it all. In short, when we were young and dumb, running a martial arts school seemed like it would be the ultimate job because in our minds it looked exactly like nothing that even closely resembled work. I wish I was that young and naive again. But here's the thing. In spite of all that, starting and running a martial arts school really is the ultimate career. And in fact, I've often told my clients that it is the best freaking job in the world. And I'm serious about this. Teaching martial arts for a living is the best freaking job in the world. Now think about it. You're going to have to deal with bullshit no matter where you go or what you do for a living. That's a given. But... 
answer me this question. What other job provides you with the opportunity to do what you enjoy and have the opportunity to change lives on a daily basis? Well, if you love doing something else, you'd probably make the argument that another career field offers you exactly that experience. But if you're a martial artist, you know that there's only one right answer, and that's running a martial arts school and teaching martial arts for a living. Every day as a martial arts instructor, you get to wake up and look forward to having a positive impact on your students. Every day you get to go to work, help your students lose weight, increase their self-confidence, and attain their personal goals. And God forbid, but someday you might actually even teach someone something that could save their life. So, you know, so what if you have to do a little bit of paperwork? So what if every once in a blue moon you have to deal with an unpleasant customer? And so what if it's not all just fun and games, and that there might be a lot of hard work involved. I mean, personally, I'd rather be working long hours knowing that all my effort was going into building my own business instead of building some corporate shareholder's year-end dividend check. I mean, who wants to do that? And even though the reality of starting and running a martial arts school turned out to be a far cry from what I imagined, I would still say it's the best damn job on the earth. So the next time you're cleaning toilets at 10 o'clock at night, remember that Despite the downside, it sure beats the heck out of punching a clock at Inatech. Okay, that concludes the main message for this week's podcast. Now for the tip of the week. The tip of the week. It's time for our featured martial arts business tip of the week. For more great tips, be sure to visit martialartsbusinessdaily.com to subscribe to our newsletter. And while you're there, click on the Business Resources tab for links to all Mike's martial arts business books and courses. Now, here's your martial arts business tip of the week. Okay, before I get into the tip of the week this week, I want to talk to those of you out there who are either first getting started in the process of running a martial arts school or you're already running a martial arts school and you're struggling. Uh, people often come to me and they ask me, you know, Mike, it, it, and what what should I buy? What Which of your resources should I get first? What should I read first? And what I typically tell people is there's two places you can start. Um, the best place to start is by purchasing Small Dojo Big Profits. It's about 40 bucks. You can buy it at smalldojobigprofits.com. Just go to smalldojobigprofits.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page, and you'll see there are several options for uh, different packages you can buy for virtually any budget um, to get that book. At the very least, I recommend that you read the book, download it or buy the hard copy version, and uh, read through it first because that's going to set you straight on all the basic stuff that you need to know before you run a martial arts school, before you start to run a martial arts school, I should say, before you decide to, to embark on that journey. And then also, if you're in the first stages of running a martial arts school, and by the first stages, here's what I'm going to tell you. You could have been running a martial arts school for the last decade, but yet still be in the stage of, uh, I guess you could say the beginning stages as far as business growth go goes. Because if uh, if you're not past, say, you know, 50 students in your martial arts school, you really don't have a stable martial arts school, people. Um, you know, you're still in the beginning stages of, of starting and growing a martial arts school. Uh, I would say that anybody who hasn't started yet is just getting started or anybody who's under 50 students definitely needs to buy that book first, Small Dojo Big Profits, and read it. And this is just based on the fact that uh, you know, you're know you looking at my stuff already and you're wondering what you should buy first. Okay, uh, If you're not looking at my stuff, you're not interested, fine. That's fine too. I don't care. You know, Read somebody else's stuff, but at least get some business information that's going to help you succeed. 
Okay, so then after that, or the second place you should go to, or you know, if uh, if you're more of a visual learner, you can also join mebizu.com, which I talked about at the beginning of the podcast. Um, it's probably the least expensive, the most cost effective way for you to get ongoing advice from me and, and input from me. And uh, yeah, you know, you can you know spend hundreds of dollars for a couple hours of my time in consulting. That's fine if you want to do that. I'm happy to do that with people who do one-on-one consulting. But for most people who are just getting started, if you just read Small Dojo Good Profits and then go on mabizu.com, become a member, get active in the Facebook group, you're going to get all the information you need to know to get your school off the ground and to go from zero to 150 students because that's pretty much the benchmark of where I want you to be at to have a, a stable and prosperous school. Okay, so enough of that. All right, so what's the tip of the week this week? Well, let's talk a little bit about networking because networking is really important. And I think a lot of small business owners and especially martial arts school owners get it wrong. So networking is the process of actually creating a network of people, hopefully people who are influencers in your community for the purposes of getting the word out about your business and uh, you know, basically just getting your name out there and helping your business grow. Networking is really important because people connections, especially in today's age of social media, are incredibly, incredibly useful and incredibly beneficial for your business. Now, here's the thing. Most people think networking is just getting on social media and meeting people online. Guess what? It's not, okay? You can use social media as a tool for networking, but that is not truly networking. Networking is meeting people face-to-face. That's true networking, and that's where the power of networking really comes in. Because if I meet somebody online... You know, they introduce themselves to me after becoming a friend on Facebook or connection on LinkedIn or something like that. I might remember them, but if I meet that person in a business setting or if I, uh, you know, had that person walk in my business and they shook hands with me and we chatted for a little bit or we met over coffee, I'm definitely going to remember that person. I mean, they're going to stick out in my mind. And let's say you're a martial arts instructor who goes out and and goes through the process of actually networking your community, making friends, uh, finding influencers, you know, and making yourself of use to them, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. Those people are going to remember you first before anybody else when it comes time to recommend somebody for uh, or to someone who wants to take martial arts lessons or um, for a group that needs somebody to come in and give a personal safety uh, talk or or to give a, uh, a you know a self defense uh, demonstration or a self defense uh, seminar you know any of those things that you do you know uh, going to a, a health talk you know giving a health talk to a group or perhaps going to a health fair and setting up a booth um, etc you know somebody needs help with weight loss or they want to take a kickboxing class. Any of those things that we do, their kid is having trouble in school, they need help focusing, or uh, they're getting picked on, guess what? When those topics come up, those people that you've networked with and you've made connections with, you are going to be the first person they recommend. Now, here's the power of this. If these people that you're connecting with are influencers in your community, they are people of influence. They influence opinion in your community. How much more powerful do you think their personal recommendation is when they recommend you to another person? Incredibly powerful. That's right, incredibly powerful. And the thing is, is that recommendation, it it multiplies itself. Because when they recommend, when an influencer recommends you to somebody in the community, guess what that person's going to say? They're going to say, well, so-and-so said such-and-such, you, in other words, is the best person to go to for martial arts or for kickboxing or for self-defense or for whatever. So 
This is why networking in person is so, so, so important. And it can be one of the keys that will unlock doors for you in your local community that uh, in turn will help you grow your school. So I am suggesting very strongly to you that you do not discount the power of networking, that you get in the habit of going out, getting out from behind your desk, from behind your computer screen, getting off the dojo floor and getting out in your community every single day and making connections. So how do you start making those connections? Well, that's a much greater and deeper subject than I can get into in uh, five minutes on my podcast. But it starts with finding out who those people are that you want to connect with. And, uh, you know, it kind of depends on your community. You need to go out there and, and, and start looking. You need to start looking at your community. One of the things that I like to do, and this is just a really quick tip for you, to use social media for making connections, is um, I like to go, and I usually do this as soon as I set up an account on Twitter, but I like to go and just search for hashtags that are related to the name of the local city that I'm in and look at who is active on Twitter and who has active Twitter accounts on, on, uh, on Twitter, you know, and, uh, those people who have active business accounts, I'll usually follow them on Twitter and uh, then I'll make a note to follow up with them later. Maybe, uh, seek out their, their website and find a contact email and send them an email and, and try to make a connection there and then, uh, you know, potentially go out and have coffee or whatever. Now here's the thing. And I've talked about this many times in this podcast. I've talked about it in, in other tips of the week. And I think it's so, so important is that the first thing you should do when you're approaching these people is make yourself of use to them. You need to be more interested in what they have going on than what you have going on. If you meet somebody and all you do is talk about yourself and what you need from them, guess what? They are going to avoid you like the plague. I mean, you know, think about the uh, the stereotypical salesperson, like the stereotypical uh, insurance agent that, uh, you know, if you've ever been to a networking event for your local chamber of commerce, you know that that uh, this places are full of insurance agents and real estate agents and and uh, other such people, you know, accountants and so forth, you know, basically service providers and salesmen that are trying to sell you their services. And, you know, it's kind of cool because you can make some good connections that way. But for the most part, the average salesperson, when they meet somebody new, all they talk about is themselves. They just want to get into a conversation about what they have, what they have to offer, and uh, what, you know, the thing that they have to offer can do for you. Unfortunately, that's a really horrible way to network. Uh, what you want to do is, is you want to ask questions about the person. Ask them things like, so, you know, start off with this. So, so tell me about your business and uh, how long have you been in business? And, and uh, you know, how's your business working out for you right now? You know, or are you, uh, you know, how's your marketing working out? And do you have any projects that you work on, you know, in the community? Are there any community projects that you work on or you're involved with or, or any, um, you know, uh, philanthropic interests that you have? You know, any, any public benefits or fundraisers that you do that we might be able to help you out with? Aha, those are the keywords right there. Is there anything I can do to help you? That's the best way to network, the absolute best way. What can I do to help you? Ask somebody that question sincerely. And then when they tell you what they need, give it to them, help them out, give of your time, you know, give of your money. If you have it, if you don't have money, just give of your time, volunteer and uh, help them out with whatever they're doing or try to find a way, you know, maybe you can just connect them with somebody else that you've met in your networking efforts. And uh, by bringing two people together and being the type of person that is, that is a connector between people, you know, that brings people together and helps them build relationships. You also make yourself a value to that person. And guess what? It's going to help your business. 
Okay, so that's it for the tip of the week this week. Uh, once again, I want to reiterate, if uh, you're just getting started in your martial arts school or you've been struggling or you have less than 50 students, remember, I suggest that you go get Small Dojo Big Profits. And uh, you can get that at smalldojobigprofits.com. Read that book first. I think that's the book that's going to help you out the most. If you've already read Small Dojo Big Profits, um, you can get the, the follow-up book to that, which is The Profit Boosting Principles. You can find that at Amazon.com. And that book is actually pretty inexpensive. I think you can still get it for under 15 bucks. I've been meaning to raise the price on that book for a while and just haven't gotten around to it. So so if you haven't read that one yet, go pick it up on Amazon because it's super cheap right now. You can get it in uh, card copy version or you can get it in uh, ebook version on Amazon. Okay, so that's it for the tip of the week this week and for this week's podcast. I want to thank you for tuning in and also want to let you know that I'm working on some interview uh, subjects, some guests to bring on the show to interview in the coming weeks. I know you guys enjoy those interviews, so I'm trying to get you more of them, okay? So um, look for that coming up in the next few weeks. I'll keep you posted. And uh, don't forget to visit us on Facebook at MartialArtsBusinessDaily.com. All right, that's it. I'll talk to you soon in a future podcast. You've been listening to the Martial Arts Business Podcast with Mike Massey. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. And if you've enjoyed this show, leave us a positive review while you're there. Thanks for your support. And tune in again next time for more great martial arts business tips and advice from martialartsbusinessdaily.com.